The intermediate line advises a language and concept warning for the entire show. Welcome to this week's Intermediate Line. The show's been lacking in culture a little bit lately, so I'm going to kind of help out a bit with a little bit of poetry about our two hosts. One day, out fishing a stream, Jeff was feeling a little mean. He caught a sooty, kicked it like a footy, and celebrated with a bump of ketamine. Now a haiku. Chris Adams, fire crotch, defeated by seasickness, a lover of brim. On with the show, legends. This episode of The Intermediate Line is brought to you by Manic Tackle Project, the only company who knows fly fishing as well as you do. And Beast Brushes, Australian-made brushes and dubbing, professionally graded natural materials, plus a full shop for all of your fly tying needs at beastbrushes.com. It is starting to get cold though, eh? It's starting to get ugly weather down here. It's been beautiful up here in the mornings, man. Absolutely it, beautiful. It's the sort of temperature now that we have down here where you know it's cold, but you can tell it when it's really cold because you've got all those crew getting around with singlets on with like, you know, like that single tattoo and you know it's freezing. Everyone else is jumpers, but that guy wants to show you his tattoos, like that sort of temperature. <laughs> 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 like bro, it's uh, it's ten degrees outside, and you've got a muscle shirt on that uh, shows me that nice eagle you got on the mu- on the, uh, on the <laughs> bicep there. Well, that, you know, that panther on your uh, on your calf there. Mate. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, that sort of temperature. When when the girls are wearing short shorts and ugg boots. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Great well, time. Chart off something else, mate. You know. Yeah. What's that, Vols? I don't know, mate. Yeah, the um, you know, their knees. Hey, um, knees. hey, Chris. I just, I just noticed there seems to be like an extra voice here. Who, who's that? Oh, that's uh, Heisenberg. Heisenberg. Mm. 
Yeah, right. Yeah. Not to yeah. use my, I told you not to use my alias. <laughs> Folks, on episode 90-something, we have got a very special guest with us. We've got uh, Dr. David Little from North Queensland, and he is with us in the studio this night remotely <laughs> um, and definitely does not cook blue meth. <laughs> no one can prove anything. That's right. How are you, Dave? I'm good, mate. How are you too? Mate, I can speak on behalf of me and Volts when I say Volts is always warm, and I'm great. Yeah. Thanks. That's true. <laughs> I try to stay warm. I think it's... Uh, and well hydrated. Yeah, there's an enormous amount of body hair that I've been blessed with. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Dave, The original for Yeti in fly fishing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, thanks for taking the plunge. Yeah. It is, mate, it is a plunge. I never expected to be invited on, so, you know, um, let's see where it takes us. Well, Dave, our standards drop towards we get close to it. No, I'm only kidding, mate. Uh, it's a... It's in the bottle of the bar bottom of the barrel now, so, uh, <laughs> so it's, you know, only well, up from... I'm sorry, mate. This is very unprofessional of me. I should not be talking over the guests. Please continue. I was just saying it's... Uh, only up from here. Yep, that's true. <laughs> that's true. Or what, like Alan says from the um, from the Hangover, it's uphill from here, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Hey, uh, Dave, it's my job at the start of most of these podcasts for 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 to, uh, for me to get the guests to point out their preferred social media pages so people can identify with who they're listening to at this moment where can people find you on uh insta and facebook mate um i've i well i'm on both um primarily on um instagram at, at nq saltwaterflies yep um and if you look for i think it's north queensland saltwaterflies on facebook right you should be able to find me there as well all right, that's great. Fantastic. I'm gonna I'm gonna give a plug where else you can find Dave, and that's at the Australian Fly Tires Co-op. Oh, Dave's, right. got own, Dave's got his own page there, little bio, and uh, he's participating there, which is which is great. What what side is that, Chris? Does it rhyme <laughs> um, thrushes something? Come on, mate. <laughs> <laughs> um, it rhymes with nice touches or nice beast, beast brushes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, beastbrushes.com, Australian Fly Size Cop. Get some. <laughs> <laughs> the original for, for I don't know how long now. It seems to be a, a, an imposter out in the woods at the moment. So, but, you know, let's not talk about that. <laughs> ah, can't have your original lot of ideas for very long in Australia. Someone's going to jump on sooner or later. But, Dave, yeah. mate, it's been uh, it, like, you know, in all honesty, mate, like I said, it's um, something we have been looking forward to in speaking to you. Uh, about getting you on myself and Volts have been planning to have you on for a little while there's so much we want to talk about you know there, there really is but um um but i guess you know um hoping someone else jumps in with this because i have zero direction <laughs> <laughs> yeah we'll, we'll get to that in a moment but um yeah yeah we've just got to do our usual thing mate and catch up about what we've been oh, yeah. up to this week let's uh, do that yeah yeah so I'll kick off, mate, if, if you don't mind. Um, I've had a, a pretty pretty plain week. Oh. Uh, unusual week for me in that I didn't acquire much new tackle. Yeah, um, no more paperweights. 
<laughs> no, no more paperweights. I, I got a, uh, I got a line there to, um, uh, you know, to, to go on one of the new reels. Actually, sold one of my reels too to uh, secondhand to uh, a mate down there in the Gold Coast. Um, so yeah, I don't feel so bad about acquiring new ones. Mm. And um, yeah, uh, that's about it for me, mate. What have, uh, what have you been up to? Are you talking to me? Yeah, well, yeah, well, it's a good question. You're both my mates, so let's talk. Um, Let's talk with Dave then. Dave, what have you been up to this week? Let's know what's been going on, Dave. Uh, work, 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 more work. Uh-huh. Um, in the lab? In the lab, in the yep. lab. Um, I went for a nice walk on the weekend, which was um, very therapeutic. Mm-hmm. I discovered that I didn't want to kill myself. Um, uh, good decision. No. Yeah. I, well, I, I was about to walk into a, a, a river as is rather common up this way. Yeah, right. Okay. Yeah, and just saw something on the ground that made me change my mind. <laughs> right. I think um, I looked at your Instagram story, mate. Would you be talking about a slide mark from an Australian saltwater crocodile? Yes. Yeah, right. Yeah. But, um, now, this, uh, this is probably an area where you and, you know, maybe a few of your mates, uh, me included, have fished in the past, right? Mm-hmm. You hadn't seen you hadn't seen much activity there. Certainly nothing that size. Yeah, right. Small water, big crop, right? Small water, big croc. Yeah, yeah. Oh man, I saw something that um, Scott the Chef Gorman put up today. Did you guys see that? Oh no, man. man. Oh mate, he's he, he put up this he put up this um, uh, video of being croc wise in croc country or something. Like the thing was, but he took a video of this um, of this croc that was. Um, that was just like about a four-minute croc that was laying in this uh, flooded grass. Like you can yeah. barely see it. It's just it's just his eye sticking out. And it was it, the grass was matted down where the, the, the feral pigs were traversing through it and stuff. And it was just waiting for pigs is what Scott was saying. I think Scott was there to hunt carp and just came across that, that mm. croc. But um, we can't be certain. Either way, it was pretty crazy footage. Right? It was such a big animal that was just hiding there. It was Like he said, it was about a four-meter four croc. And... Um, uh, when the next video shows him walk that that croc walking out of that lay that was sitting in big animal man, I don't know that that was a big croc and it's scary how um how cunning and how well it camouflages you know that thing would be half a ton wouldn't it and you wouldn't even know it was there just big oh. big, big animal way to eat pigs I think um I think Scott said he'd, he'd burlied it in with carp road did he. Um, yeah, yeah, he, he burped and it just appeared, yeah. Oh, right. I yeah. I would thought he was just like on the side of the bank stopping for a bit of lunch, cooking up a bit of carp fillets or something like that, and um, the yeah. smell of it, it just attracted the beast to the area. <laughs> Everyone loves carp, yeah. Not as much as him. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm certain that dude would have, uh, you know, grown scales. I, I wonder who's eaten more between him and Andy, actually, but... <laughs> <laughs> the carp yeah. needle. So, so Dave, this thing was um, you saw the marks on the uh, on the sandbank, and um, did you see anything? You, do you have an idea where it was in the water? Could you see the bottom? Or? Uh, I couldn't see the bottom. Yeah. Um, so usually when I'm in those places, like Fiona doesn't like it, but um, if I can see the bottom for a fair distance, and I'll probably go in anyway. But yeah. uh, it is amazing what you and you just said it. It's just amazing how little cover they need to not be seen. Yep. Um, so I just decided that it 
was not worth going in there. So I went and found another access point. Did you catch this? Yeah. Oh, I've got a few sooties. Yeah, right. Okay. We've got, we got a big intention of talking about sooties later on in the show, but uh, let's not let's not uh, eat the icing off the cake just yet. Well, no worries, man. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm smoking what you're rolling. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to encourage anyone to start drinking, but, uh, you know, you're picking up what I'm putting down. <laughs> as long as it's ginger and spiced. Is what? As long as it's the spiced ginger, it'll be fine. Chris, <laughs> spice ginger. That sounds really nice. <laughs> He's a spicy ginger for sure. Yeah, yeah. Dave, you got. I got to say, Dave, you've got, a, you've got a you've got a touch of ginger in you too, haven't you, mate? Yeah, not so much today. I shaved it off. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Look, feeling despite... much calmer. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, to be honest, I am feeling a lot calmer today. Yeah. It's, there yeah. we go. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, yeah man. It's the air that just moves around your follicles. It's just something about it. Mm-hmm. Volts is, is the calmest person I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, no, well, I'll, I'll add to that. I haven't been uh, fishing. I uh, intended to, and uh, yeah. things weren't lining up tides wise and stuff. And then the weather turns, and, you know, it was northerly in the salt water. I decided, fuck that. Yeah, so, there right. you go. But uh, I did. Um, I did. I have been doing. Oh, I did a nice casting lesson today with Damo Bergen, and um, yeah, and I and uh, or as as his uh, friend Dean Peltman calls him, um, Alan from The Hangover, right? I <laughs> <laughs> love some of these sledges. Alan from The Hangover is one of my all-time favorite movie characters. You know, yeah, him, him and Stifler. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. we had a wolf pack today out in the on, the on the lawn doing a casting lesson. You know, so it was yeah. um. It's good to catch up with Damo, the man who coined the phrase "starvation stick," which I think is a great name. Uh, yeah. So much, so much better than the fucking wand, you know. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah. The if you're going to give it a name, call it fly rod or a starvation stick. I like yeah. it. That's the new rules. Yeah. So much money to go and catch small fish or throw them back. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So uh, yeah. yeah, but uh, you know uh, that happened and that happened and uh, but I did um. I did feel inspired enough to look into changing my knots on my uh, my my terminal connection. Actually, oh really? Yeah, right. Yeah. I've never changed it. Like in my whole life, I've done two knots. I've done a, a, a clinch knot when I like uh, when I see fish bait, and um, yeah. and then I you move to a, a loop knot or a rapala knot or a lefty's loop knot. Um, very similar knots, I believe. I'm sure there's some sort of difference that. Some not nerds listening to this going, "Now, Chris, actually, the Rapala knots and the lefties do are very different knots, but to me, they just seem the same." But that's all the two knots I've ever done. So I've been looking for a a knot that uh, it pulls the fly a little bit straighter with a heavy leader. You know? Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. like, yeah, yeah, it sits, yeah, flush with the with the angle of well, you know, pulls the fly. Yep. Straight. The problem with the the problem with the loop knot is that when you start to get up to sort of you know, 30 plus pound leader mm. that, you know, you have to reduce the turns that you do that, uh, but, but that also reduce so, so the knot doesn't, um, uh, go skew if or pull the one side, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 And, um, but then that just reduces breaking strain then, you know, like it's, uh, it's, uh, it's easier to shock the knot. It's like a, like a nail knot, like, you know, you might do three turns is, is less effective as a, as a seven turn or, or something like that, you know, um, there's the shock on it. That's that's my my uh, understanding of it, but 
So I've been looking at different knots and um, I've been, I went to go fishing. Where did I go? I did go. Well, before I went out to the Brisbane River that last time before the last show and I said I went out all night, I was trying to practice knot like about an hour before I went fishing, but I just didn't have the confidence to use it on the night. So yeah. I've been uh, mucking around with it um, again further. I'm going to use it next time I go, but that improved uh, Homer Rhodes loop knot is what I've been looking at. An improved yeah. Homer Rhodes knot. So there's a Homer Rhodes loop knot, which apparently is uh, very poor performing. Um, and then there's the Homer Rhodes, improved Homer Rhodes loop knot. With an RH? Uh, Rhodes, yeah, I believe yeah. so. R H O A D E S. Don't mind me, I'm taking notes. Yeah, um, note up, brother. Yeah, yeah, put it on your on your whiteboard there next to all your equations there, Walter. I will, I will. <laughs> Jesse's still working with you, by the way? Uh, we've uh, had a parting of ways. <laughs> yeah, right, I did see that last episode. That was pretty brutal. Um, yeah, uh, anyway, yeah, no, so I've been looking at that knot, and it uh, seems to be so far from what I've been, um, I haven't tested, I haven't put over scales for a breaking strain or anything like that, but it's a nice, neat knot. Do you guys ever look into new knots or or, um, or feel the need to sort of have a, another knot in the uh, bag of tricks? Oh, I'd be think, keen to have a, a, a think about other knots because, I mean, I'm like you, the, the clinch knot or the improved clinch knot and uh, loop knot. Yeah. Um, what about you, Miles? Oh, sorry, Dave, keep going. No, that's all good, it's, it, and that's all I use. Yeah. yeah. Look, my, my, my philosophy on knots is, um, um, you know, I just – like you, Chris, I'll I'll get to a, what I call a confidence knot, and you know I'm confident in it because because it works for me, you know, and doesn't have you know to become my confidence knot, um, don't have mystery breakages that you know that you can't explain. Um, I'm not saying you know sometimes I do have breakages, but it's because I got lazy or cut a corner or didn't put enough turns in or put too many turns in or, or something like that. But you know over over with time and experience with your materials and and you know tying, retying, testing that sort of thing. You know, you, you get a lot more confident with your knots, and um, and you know, you know what sort of stresses they can take, um, and you know, I just haven't seen a reason to change them, mate. Um, so, but yeah, I, I joined leaders together largely, largely with um, uh, blood knots where the lines are fairly similar diameter, where they vastly different. You know, I'll, I'll have to try something else, but when it comes down to the um, comes down to the uh, you know the loop connection, I'm pretty much guilty of st staying with with lefties and you know like you you pointed out well what i know is a lefties loop knot and we, we all know that there's a there's a few similar knots with a you know with a with a, either the same name or i'm oh, sorry the few a few different knots known as lefties knots i've seen different versions anyway and i've seen a few of the same knots all named different things but you know mm. um yeah I, I like you i sometimes there's just a weird sort of um like the only difference will be you know the direction which it terminates or you know something like that um and you know i'm not sure uh you know not being a notologist i don't know if that constitutes enough of a change for it to be a to you know have its its own new, own name and sort of anyway but that's that's notologist you say yeah notology so that's actually yeah. something you can study it's um you know there's a there's a doctorate available for it yeah yeah i yeah. saw that I think they, I think they were in the classroom before the mudskipperology while I was doing my hydromonology um, uh, <laughs> bachelor's, right? Yeah, yeah. You, you were hydromology. Doing your engineering one, yeah. Hydro, 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 yeah. Hydro, hydro, yeah. Uh, 
Yeah, yeah. So it's, um, that's pretty interesting. Yeah, no, um, I'm going to give it a crack. Uh, and I'm pretty confident in it because, you know, like the fishing that I'm, um, you know, like that I'll, I'll target in winter is a lot of casts between fish or a lot of time between casts even. Uh, I've got to make that cast count, you know, at, um, and I've got to stop fish as well. So uh, I'm pretty keen on it. But I did see, I've been looking for a not like that for a while, but I, I've got to give a shout out. I doubt Andy and Nikki are going to listen to this, you know, but um, but if you do, guys, thanks to Millhouse for putting a video. They put a pretty good video up about constructing IGFA leader and they use that Homer Rhodes, improved, improved Homer Rhodes loop knot. Mm-hmm. Which made me look into it further. Uh, I was already looking at. There's another loop knot that I, I saw. That I mean, you know, like your, your confidence knot is only it's not a, not only. Uh, sorry, I was I should finish what I was saying. There was another knot I was looking at, but I can't remember the name of it, and it didn't seem important. Just to finish that off. But <laughs> your um your confidence knot isn't so much so much that you can you know you can lean on it and put your braking strain on it. You can you can tie it in low light. You can tie it when you need you're meant to be wearing your glasses. You can tie it behind your back, you know, like you know it, you know it that well. You know each turn, you know where to, you know when to spit on it, you know, and all that sort of stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, like it's knowing all that aspect set of tying a knot, um, you know, you need to be pretty confident with your setup, eh, to be able to sort of take a wrap on a large fish. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's a good, yeah. good point. It allows you to, to fish more confidently and particularly, you know, the closing stages of a fight, you know, you don't want to be, you know, hopefully Chris will be hooked up to his first, well, his, you know, a first decent permit soon. And, you know, like you don't want to be at that closing part of the fight and, you know, wondering or having doubts, did, did you do that, you know, that leader knot or that loop knot or, or whatever just right, you know, you, you, you want to be pulling hard and getting that, that fish next to the boat, not second-guessing yourself that, you know, not having the confidence in your knots because um, it does affect the way you fish, eh? Mm. Crab flies are a, an example. I, I'd probably look at a clinch knot for that, wouldn't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're they're something that you know probably doesn't require that much that much movement. Um, in fact, it might might actually you know if you if you tie it with the right um, you know with with the right sort of angle of the line, Spit. so to speak. Yeah, oh. it'll 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 probably sink better too. Um, but with the lighter line, because you're usually only fishing sixteen maybe 15, 16 pound, maybe 20 pound if you're lucky or light. You could be confident that if you needed movement, that the clinch knot's going to, um, not going to hinder it. But once you start getting into that heavier, heavier braking strain, then I'd be, I'd be concerned that the clinch knot would restrict the movement of a fly. Yeah, but if you're fishing a static fly. Oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah, I mean, because you, you look at, I mean, tuna, for example, like it's, uh, I always consider the size of the loop as in the profile of the fly, you mm-hmm. know, so I try, try to make that loop super small, you know, for those yep. things, uh, as an example, I would imagine if you could do away with that and just have that clinch knot, or I was thinking more about the the clinch knot to help it sink, like what Volti was saying, you know, if it's, um, you know, if you've got a turned up eye or something like that, like it's not, it's not likely that if you've got a knot that's um, that's that's cinched up nice and tight, and the knot was pointing sort of, uh, for lack of a better term, inside the gape, it's not going to sink knot first. You know, it's gonna it's gonna naturally just flip over and sink sink the right way every time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, um, 
but uh, so you know that, that would be an advantage to it. A disadvantage would be obviously the the restricted movement, but you're not stripping it anyway. You know, like it's uh, in my understanding. So you just you know what most people do. I guess you could sometimes drag a uh, an east west crab or a north south crab, east west crab. You know the ones I mean, the, um, like a like a like a strong arm or. Um, mm-hmm. Not a strong arm like Dave Scott's strong arm, but like a strong arm crab, a strong arm merkin sort of thing, you know, sideways. Help me out. Yep. You guys know what the hell I'm talking about. <laughs> clearly, clearly I'm, uh, I'm fucking it up, you know. But, uh, <laughs> but you know what I mean? You know yeah. what I mean, right? You know? Yeah. Yeah. I think um, so. Would you use a loop knot in that situation? Probably not necessary there either. No. Yeah. If I'm going to move the fly fast, I might, because it gives the fly a bit more bounce. But if you're still talking about a, a slow or static retrieve, then probably not. Yeah. So I'd fish a loop knot on a, on a shrimp fly every day of the week. I wouldn't even think mm. about a clinch knot on that. No. You know? Interesting stuff. But, yeah, that, that, that improved home rose knot, I would only be looking at that, uh, like I said earlier, for 30 pounds and up anyway. So everything under that, loop knot. Does it, does it seem a... a, a Nice, simple, um, not to tie. It's yeah, it is pretty simple. It is a pretty. It's just a, it's a deceptively simple not to tie. In fact, you know, you gotta, you gotta like you you put the yeah. Whoever's you know, whoever's listening to this now, go look it up. But if you one thing to look at, which took me a bit, um, some of the videos don't explain this when you're looking it up, is that um, the, the, where the tag you you you're putting you're creating like a, a double granny. You're pulling it tight and you pull it tight to it to a point where it's a figure eight. And then you pass the tag through the hook eye, back through that figure eight. But it's got to the, the tag's got to go into that figure eight the same way it comes out. It can't be it can't be on the other side of that figure eight. You, you'll know what I mean when you see the video. But that's the only thing that's sort of a bit of a hiccup with it. Other than that, it's pretty simple. It's very easy to control the size of your loop too, you know. Mm-hmm. But it's um. But the main benefit of it is not just to have a different loop knot. Is it pulls straight. So when it does up, it's it's a it's a completely straight knot. Like a reef knot? Uh, no. Well, well, only that a reef knot is to join two lines together, and like the whole point of the, the this loop knot is to and out on the same side, and it yeah. lies flat and lies straight. Yeah, it lies straight. So like a like like a noose, I guess you could say. You know, it's um, it's just dead straight. You know, you yeah. see the pun, dead straight. You get that? You know. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm here all week, folks. That's uh, <laughs> don't go anywhere. Um. Yeah, so no, it, it seemed like a, an appropriate knot for that sort of stuff. And you know, when I fish for a barrow or something like that, you know, like it's uh, or, and I want something like a game changer to swim straight. But you know, when you get a fly that will kick off to one side, sometimes that can be like your fly tying. It might have more resistance on one side or the other. But sometimes that can be the knot that's doing that. You could have a, a beautifully tied fly that fishes really well on a lighter leader or something like that. That uh, you put on a heavy leader because that knot's all bunched up and skew if. It can pull the fly to one side, kick to one side. Now, obviously, the jury's out whether that could probably be more effective than not. But if you want a fly to swim straight and symmetrical, you know, both sides, like a game changer or um, even, a, even a deceiver to the point, you know, if you don't want to kick to one side, it just seems unnatural. It's generally the knot, I've found. Like, you can yeah. make a lefty's loop knot straight, but you got to, the, the amount of power you got to put the, to do that thing up and cinch it down is crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And, that's something I, you know, I've got into the habit of is, is um, I've got little little loops, like a little wire, um, so wire loops, the stainless steel, um, you know, cup hooks and stuff in the boat where 
I can pull up really tight on them or, and then, you know, use a pair of pliers as well. Mm. Um, and that, that little bit of extra effort, um, you know, it does, does pay dividends, but you're right. You can just, it's hard to get that, that lefties loop perfectly straight sometimes mm. in that heavy leader. Yeah. And it's, I think it's interesting when you watch what the tarpon guys, like someone like Andy Mill, what he's using for these tiny little bunnies or, or toad flies, you know, with like 80 pound shock, you know, yeah, you could imagine a lefty's loop knot would just make that thing swim outside. It could potentially, you know. Yeah, I mean, it, it, the the fly would have nothing to do with. Um... Sorry, uh, sorry, I got a text message from a pretty annoying person just then. Um... <laughs> oh, it's just all right. So just just to give people context, I was googling improved um, home road <laughs> loop knot, and uh, I found a video in the very first. Bit of the video is a slow motion of someone's casting, and off air, Chris and I are having a conversation about, um, you know, the effect. We, 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 we were posturing the, the effect of real, um, real weight, and you know how you grip the rod and the the, the torsional effect as you come through, or the the real twisting, and um, okay. yeah. But that's a that's a one for another time. So yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll go there later. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, no worries. We'll do that on on um, episode ninety something. Yeah, yeah, ninety something else. Yeah, ninety something else. Yeah, yeah. maybe on episode two hundred or something. Two hundred. That'd mm. be a good one. We actually might have the real Walter Walter White on. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Who knows, mate? Hey, yeah. um, Dave. So, mate, let's um, uh, let's 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 talk more about you, mate. We, you know, you're the you're the man of the moment, and um, and you know, we've got you on because. You know, you you have a pretty a pretty um uh, uh you know like a, a pretty good role in the in the in Australian fly fishing community, mate. You you know you're a you're a commercial fly tire. You know you're involved with the clubs. You know you 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 offer the flies that you use for fishing, but the um but your fly tying is um is is something you like to do uh, in your spare time quite a bit, right? And yeah. um at which which you, which is part of like the the passion of it is is partly in your commercial fly tying as well. If that, I hope that question comes across correctly. You understand what I'm saying? <laughs> I think so. Um, yeah. But yeah, well, I, do like, can, I do like to tie in my spare time. Yeah. Um, this year I've been on a bit of a, a different kick, but just trying different things, and I, I really like trying out different techniques. But when I'm fishing, like, um, you know, I've, I, I want to have a box full of flies that I'm confident with. So. Uh huh. Um, if I'm home at home after work and I've got some time and the, and the animals let me out of their sight for a little while, um, you know, I'd like to sit down and, and get something done. For the, for the yeah. listeners at home, Dave has a number of large dogs and a, a cat who is actually Alpha in the household, right? <laughs> that sounds about right, yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah. Cool. Are they a source of uh, tying materials somewhat? Ali could be. <laughs> Ali would make a really good. Uh, Ali Ali would make a really good foxy brush. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Just uh, like a like a guard hair cat, right? Is that what you're saying? No, Ali's my dog. Right. Okay. Ali, Ali's, a wolf, Ali's a wolfhound cross idiot. Cross idiot. <laughs> <laughs> I knew I was going to land fifty fifty with that assumption. So uh, it was either going to be a cat or a dog. Yeah. Yeah, they all start with A, so yeah, yeah, cool, yeah. But no, I mean, look, I, 
tying flies, it, it helps. And uh, I've got a fairly, um, fairly uh, what can be stressful real world job. So uh, getting an opportunity to come and focus on something else <laughs> that gives me pleasure at the end of the day, it really helps. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. So, um, what is it? Uh, uh, I mean, is supplying people with flies part of that pleasure, or is it uh, the tying aspect not, of it? Not even so much the supplying. Uh, some of my f- favourite memories, though, are other people catching fish on my flies. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, having having people catch their first golden trevally using one of my one of my versions, bastardized versions of of the VGDC or <laughs> shrimp. You know that's that's pretty cool. Mm. You get a bit of a vicarious pleasure out of that, mate. I do, I yeah. do. Um, you know, it's. I'm not a fantastic fisherman, so to make sure that, to, like, to know that other people can, um, that other people can use my flies and that they're effective, it feels pretty good. Mm. Yeah, yeah. That's that's probably. Um, you know something you know not not being a commercial fly sire myself I, I have pretty limited experience with that but i love you know i know the feeling when someone you know uses uh uses a fly that you know might have have your name in it and or you know you've had some part in the development of it and, you know yes. part of it went along for the ride even though you weren't physically there you know um it, there is a, a a small level of of self-satisfaction that um that that, that achieves so you know it's certainly something um that that i you know i can share the stoke with you mate it, it must be fantastic and those photos when they come through i, I bet you they uh they get you all warm and fuzzy are you talking uh, about ta- yeah. tattoos pelt popper yeah fly the pelted merkin yeah. oh right all yeah. right out there i thought when the you know that that fly yeah that fly goes above the head they're like the plane the plane you know like the <laughs> nah nah old old forum reference there yeah. people who get it get it i'm sure <laughs> those who don't been in trouble for in jokes on the on this show before i apologize to those people who don't understand that in joke oh, yeah. google it google for and tattoo <laughs> the plane, the plane. Yes, but it, it it does amaze me. I mean, being a a, a genuine six foot four um, <laughs> Queenslander, mm. it's um, interesting to note that that Jeff really isn't that short. <laughs> Thank you. No, you're right. He's probably bigger than six four. You're right. He's probably probably closer to six six. I don't, I don't think that'd be fair enough. Fair, yeah, that much of a stretch. Excuse the pun. Uh, <laughs> Thanks, Dave. Thanks, Chris. Yeah, no, no, you're right. No worries. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, mate. So, yeah, it's funny you should say that. You know, like, you know, I mean, like, I've I've never fished for you, Dave, but like, I've I've seen where you've placed in in, in comps and so like that. You call yourself not a very good fisherman, but you know, it might be more of a case of explaining things like you know your your selection of flies, like say. Other selection that you've got that you've seen you offer, not so much on the co-op, but online and what other people are tied. You know, you're not exactly tying, you know, flathead fires for Victoria sort of thing. You're staying in your lane, and you seem to be. Uh, yeah. I imagine your fishing's probably like this as well. You're sticking with what works, what you know what works, and and mm-hmm. you know you, you probably got you might have a, a box full of, you know, like two or three different patents or something like that. You know, which I think is a, a smart 
a smart move from for anyone any fisherman really and i think that's a i think that's a mark of of a great tire for anyone who's looking to buy flies as well is to you know uh, to to be buying flies of someone who specializes in 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 what they do you know well it's my sooty flies would be a great example of that i think right because i fish with bunnies i fish with uh sort of gustos mm-hmm. and i fish with woolly buggers or um i'll fish with a, a gurgler have you tried the uh, tattoos pelt popper no sorry yeah it sounds too big yeah <laughs> it absorbs a lot of water i can i can tell <laughs> like <a> sock. yeah <laughs> and, and very few colors too yeah right okay so, yep. like three colors like three colors from uh from a bunnies right well really it's two because one of them's a variation on this on the other uh, so yep. blurple and sort of oranges yeah well they're, they're pretty classic colors really at the end of the day but i mean are you um are you tying these colors because you know they work and do you have like a, a hail mary in there as well is that what you like like to tie sometimes or um you know you know i'm getting that you know like you might have your, your two colors that, that might work quite well for different scenarios uh, one's not working you'll tie the other one on but if they're both not working have you, you, got, a, yeah, have you got yeah have you got that something different in there as well yeah, yeah. Um, so sometimes I want to do that. It'll be very bright. Uh, the other day was pinks, um, some hot pinks. I was using some hot pinks. Um, and it got to eat, and then I pulled the hook, and, you know, that was it. This but is for sooties, right? That was for sooties, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> but for other, other things, like if I'm on the flats, I, I don't think I would have a Hail Mary. Pinks yeah. or tans. Yeah. Um, pinks or tans. The Hail Mary might be a clouser. Yeah, right. Okay. Yep. That's interesting. So, I mean, but that's, that's you're saying it might be a clouser. So you're basically rocking out with, um, you know, pinks and tans in, like, in shrimps and crabs. That's it. Yep. Yep. Do you tie the VGDC? Not very well, but yes. Yep. <laughs> well, no I, I, it's functional. Yes. Um, it's functional and and it works well. It swims well, and yours are very durable. And um, they catch and they catch fish. Yeah, yeah. So Dave's being unnecessarily modest here. I've seen his crabs. They're um, there's a lot of uh, they're they're built to go the distance. You can you know you can take them out, and not have them have them wrecked by uh, you know small toothy fish. You know sometimes you'll be out on a flat and, and it might be one of those types of bottoms that has a lot of sort of uh, rocks or, or shit, you know, and it could be, um, you might have sort of lots of wire netting cod, but you know, sort of bomby cod, whatever you want to call them, small estuary cod, uh, those fake tuskies, you know, the, the annoying little ones that just appear out of nowhere and eat your fly and all yeah. of those things have got teeth. And if you, and if they haven't been tied well, or they've, um, or they haven't had, you know, um, they've been tied with a small, uh, Dania thread, um, they're actually quite, they can be quite fragile. You've got to protect that thread. But Dave, Dave ties his, you know, really robustly um, and they take a beating. Uh, you know, I'd recommend, recommend Dave's for that reason. You know, they're very, uh, they're very good. They, they won't fall apart. Dave, have, have you, uh, you're welcome, mate. No worries. Um, Dave, have you, <laughs> have you, um, 
have you got to a point where you've gone, man? I need to, I need to tie these more, more durable. You know, like have you, have you fished those flies? Gone. You know, these little critters have pulled this apart. I need this to survive till I uh, can put it in front of the fish I want. In well, the past, pretty much. Like when I first started tying, I haven't been tying for that long, really. Um, oh. Maybe twelve or thirteen years. Yeah. Um, so when I first started tying, I'd only get you know one or two flat out out of a fish out, out of a fly. Mm. Um, so pretty quickly, it was like, well, this is a bit shit. Um, so I needed to do something about it, but that comes with practice mm. and learning how to tie in bit by bit and how to secure things as you go. Um, and this last 12 months as well, when we've been, um, or nearly 18 months now, um, that we've been a little bit more restrictive, restricted in what we can and can't do, there's been some really good resources made, uh, available that I've found on um, YouTube in terms of tying from all over the world, mm. um, different things, and just picking up little tips and tricks um, really helps. And when someone with a little bit more experience mentions something to you, listen to it and try it. Mm. It might might not work for you, but it, you're not going to know if you don't try. Yeah, so so I guess that's the the picture I'm trying to paint here is that you know like uh, you know you're you're basically um, when you're offering someone else a fly or even tying your own flies, it's uh, you know durability is a concern based on based on your experience as a fisherman in the area that you're designing the flies for. Uh, ultimately, yeah, I want a fly to last all day. And I want to. I think you might be selling yourself shortly. You want it to last six months, right? Right. Well, yeah. Like I want. <laughs> if I'm having a particularly good day, yeah. I don't want to have to change the fly. Yeah, yeah. No, I, uh, I'm only joking. That's that's a pretty fair no, enough but, and realistic. Um, a few years ago, I was fishing with Dave. It was the first time I fished with Dave Bradley, um, and I fished with the same chartreuse bunny all week, um, mm. and caught fish every day. It was a little bit worse for wear at the end of it, but still caught fish, and I wasn't changing it for no one. Mm. Um, so, you, you, yeah, you, you really do want to be able to do that. Like, I'll change it. If I've caught a couple of fish, I might change it because it looks a real, little bit a little bit tatty, but that's me, and then it dries, and then it's all good again, and tie it back on. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, well, look, that's um, you know, that, that's always reassuring to know that your flies are going to go the distance. Um, you know, because quite often you you don't you, you don't know when that next you know next good fish is going to present itself, and you know you, you could miss that opportunity if you're changing flies or you or you know even though we're talking about confidence with your knots, which is confidence with your flies as well. You know, you you know flies, you got good materials, good hooks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Yeah, that's. I mean, that's only. Learn, I mean, you can learn that from other people, but I mean, I know I keep bringing it back to it, but um, you know, I I, I just like to support like you know like the people people who tie flies who um who who you know tie within their lane yeah to a, to a degree, you know totally. And totally. It's, I guess that's what I'm trying. The picture I'm trying to paint here with this is that um you know you're not going to get you're not going to get old mate in, in in Kenya who's going to understand that rubbly bottom like you're talking about volts all these little tuskies that are going to come out and 
and hit it. You know, like it's the guy who's fishing the area who's, who's watching these flies fall apart. They go, I, I need to do something different here and then figure it out and then end up fishing like you just said there, Dave, all week with the one fly. You know, that's for someone to buy that fly off you and fish that fly for a whole week, they're probably going to regret buying the other flies off you because they didn't need to, you know? Yes, yeah. <laughs> That's right. But see, that's that's where the balance comes in. You don't want you want them to last. You don't want them to last too long. Well, <laughs> I've said this on this on this show before. Like, I, I'm not going to mention the guy's name, but there was a uh, a fly tire, uh, commercial fly tire, where close where I live, who who taught me that a good commercial fly only lasts one or two fish, and that's uh, that's the way they get made. Uh, it's probably detrimental if uh, I said who that was, but um, so I won't. But um, for that guy, but. Um, yeah, like I think I think ch- attitudes are changing now. Like I think I think consumers are, are, are like people who buy commercially tied flies are a lot smarter now. They know what to expect, and they can see what a good good uh, fly, a good well tied fly looks like. Yeah, well, you, you're spending ten dollars, fifteen dollars on a on a say fifteen dollars on a on a fly. You spend the same amount on a packet of soft plastics or on one of the cheaper hard-bodied lures, mm. and if that last, if that hard-bodied lure lasted one fish, you'd be pretty pissed off. Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. Even if you had like ten bucks worth of scent on it or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, scent's come up already. What, think, is, what are we in? Uh, Forty-two <laughs> minutes. I yep. think. I think what. One of the points too is with Dave. If I was to summarise, you know, Dave's flies is you, you can't you can't fake pedigree, and um, you know, use a, a fly tire like you, Chris, uh, like you said, like Chris said, sorry, uh, you know, stays in his lane, you know, and ties what he fishes, then you know there's going to be a pedigree there that those flies are, are going to work. They're going to go the distance, um, and you know they're probably a reflection on the fishing style and habits of the tire. And, um, you know, it's a rare opportunity to, to, to get, you know, to benefit from the experience of, of someone who at, operates in a fishery and, you know, with it, without, you know, I don't have a dog in this fight. I'm not tying the flies and I'm not selling them. Um, but, you know, I, I think it's a good opportunity for people visiting the area or anywhere in, in you know, the tropical north uh, to check out Dave's flies um, and get a few of them there. They, do, they work. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, you know what you said there about having a dog in the race. I don't. I just don't think it's. I just can't see a flip side to the argument. Eh? I really can't. Mm. You know, I think if we're offering this podcast as a service for people to listen and 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 get information in regards to fly fishing, yeah, I just can't sit here and and offer a balanced argument to a uh, to a to a um, you know, a fly tied by someone who doesn't fish. Can't do but it. There is none. There is no. none. You know, the only advantage is it. It might be cheaper, but the the problem is. Even if it is cheaper, you know, like it, it, um, you know, you're going to suffer from from all of those things. It's 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 been part it's been passed through all the um you know it's been passed from the fly tire to the to the importer, the importer to the retailer, and it gets bumped up the whole way. So even though you might be paying premium for it, it it might not might not be, you know, not might not be the the same fly as it probably won't be as the the fly that you know that you get from firsthand from the um from the from the tire here and it you know it, it might not match the local conditions as well that's the risk you take when you cut corners you know um yeah it's false economy yeah know? yeah it's it's it is it's like yeah spending spending all your hard earned on a rod mm-hmm. a real line mm-hmm. 
and um, and it all just comes. It's like it's like buying a Ferrari and then uh, putting rubber band, rubber rubber bands around your rim. You know, <laughs> it's a you know like it's uh the the point of contact where it all matters really at the end of the day. Well, that's the, what the fly is. Fly doesn't yeah. eat your body, your reel, or your line. You know, sure they help get it there, but you know that that's the you know like where the rubber meets the road to use your analogy. Yeah. 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 yeah, did I say Ferrari? I meant VB Commodore. I've meant more of a prestigious car. <laughs> it's a collector's <laughs> item these days. You can still buy a bloody Ferrari new. So. Yeah. yeah, VB, what, 1981, I believe, right? Something like that. It's about right. Yeah, yeah. beautiful. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, hey, mate, uh, I want to circle back to Sooties. And um, for those who don't understand a great deal about them, you're quite the aficionado in regards to them, Dave. Can you tell us, tell, tell the listeners, for those who don't know, what the beautiful sooty grunter is? Oh, it's a native fish, obviously. Yeah. Um, to Australia. It, um, it's a 100% freshwater fish, warm waters. I think naturally it um, occurs from around about uh, the Whitsundays, Burdekin. Just about all the way up over the east coast, east of Cape York, down the west side, over to, um, I'm not sure where it extends to on the, 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 the west coast and also in um, Papua New Guinea. Oh, really? Yeah, right. So it's a, like it's, it's a really accessible fish. Mm. Um, so here, what well, we've got some, fantastic sooty fisheries within an hour's drive north west or south yeah right it's obviously yeah. not east because it's ocean but uh, <laughs> you can keep them in a live well though hey in a boat yeah, yeah, man. yeah there's a few freshwater creeks over on the islands we can put them in there oh i mean um, like yeah yeah we could do that too of course yeah. i mean just fish from in the live well yeah <laughs> They're quite, a, they're quite a beautiful fish. I think they're highly underrated. Um, mm. They, for me, they tick so many boxes. They're 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 accessible. Yeah. They eat a fly. Yeah. They actually they can be highly aggressive. Um, you can on 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 the right day you can sight fish. Yep. Um, for a small fish, so you know they don't grow. Like a big, a big wild sooty grunter, like a, a big, a very big wild sooty grunter would be like 50 centimetres. Yeah, right. I a big wild, I don't think a wild sooty grunter would get much bigger than that. Um, and at that size, they go hard. Yeah. Um, right. they, they, they really do. They're not what sort of, mm -mm. I was going to say, what sort of, to give, give people an idea, because, you know, there's people who listen to this overseas, they're probably hearing this word sooty and, understands the fish, um, understands the freshwater fish, but what size rod would you commonly use for them? And are you being Rambo about it? And would someone normally use a bigger rod? Or what would what would you recommend for someone who's never never fished for it before? Never fished for a study before. I'd say a six weight would be a good start. Yeah, right, eh? Yep. Um, but, and really, that's because of the size of the fly you might want to throw. <laughs> so some of the best studies either the core has been on a two weight. Um, but it was a short rod. Um, I was in really tight country and it helped me throw small flies. Um, 
and honestly, you don't, you know, you point the, the, the rod at the fish and you pull. You don't use the rod in those sorts of situations because you'll lose the fight. Yeah. Uh, and in that regard, it, that's not going to make a difference. If you, if you hook a sooty in structure, it's not going to make a difference if you're fishing with a two-weight or an eight-weight. If it gets back into the timber, you're done. Yeah. Yeah. You know, they're like jacks, just prettier. And their teeth aren't as sharp. Would you would you rate them as aggressive as mangrove jacks, mate? I would rate them as uh, easily, as equally as aggressive as mangrove jacks. Right. Um, there have been days where I would suggest they're more aggressive. Aggressive heads? Yeah, very aggressive heads. They remind me very much of Andy. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you've, um, you've taken Andy uh, sooty fishing in the past, haven't you? Yeah, that was fantastic, man. Did he um did he extract the road direct from the fish or or into a some sort of uh vessel before eating it? We um massaged the road the um from from the uh, what what do we call that the cloaca? Cloaca, yes. Yeah, yep. we massaged the road directly from the cloaca into his mouth. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, that's uh, that, that's Andy living, man. If you're in North Queensland, you've got to do it how the locals do it. Yeah, I gotcha. It's very aggressive. <laughs> no, that was that was fantastic. He managed. He 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 he, he well, from all reports, he, he he really enjoyed the 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 day out. We were very limited in what we could do, um, but um, we managed to to get him into a, some country that reminded him very much of his favourite carp waters at home, yeah. and. Uh, was quite 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 tight. Lots of timber around. He uh, talk, when you talk about his favourite carp waters, are you talking about Woolworths or? <laughs> <laughs> no, no. So some of the more backwater sort of stuff that he likes to likes to go. He's sort of around Ipswich, I think. Yeah. Uh, right. Okay. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But um, he um, he he, he did a, used a bow and arrow cast to, to catch an archfish, which I thought was pretty cool. That's pretty ironic, isn't it? It is, isn't it? Um, well, and lots, lots of roll casting and lots of tight country and lots of very good casting. He's, he's a very good fisherman. and He managed to, to convert a lot of very tough chances. So, no, it was, that, was, that was an excellent trip. Um, yeah. I wish I had more opportunities to fish with him, actually. Yeah, no, mate, look, you know, you have to fish in a couple more times to sort of wish you could go back on those opportunities, so I can tell you firsthand, but uh, he's no good around snakes, that's for sure. He'll let you, he'll let you walk on <laughs> He wasn't much chop around crocs either. <laughs> He'd have to get bitten before he took concern to him, I'd imagine. <laughs> yes, mate. No, mate, it's, um, it's, uh, it's, it's pretty good, mate. I mean, like, it's, uh, it, it, Beautiful jungle, crystal clear streams. Like I see a fish a lot, sandy mm -hmm. bottoms and, and and stuff like that, and obviously the wildlife around it. But you got, excuse me, obviously the crocodiles there and stuff like that, and you probably encounter the odd cassowary or may have or could possibly do as well. I mean so these um could sorry? possibly do could, could possibly do yeah. There's one particularly when I venture up into Tully, um, yeah. But that you know that's a long drive. Um, and there was a, a walk one day, multicolored scats, I'm pretty sure, were um, cassowary and see prints. Yeah, I wasn't sure if you're talking about Dan Mam, the jazz musician, then for a second when you're talking about scats, but uh, <laughs> it, um, 
Scatman it's a, Dan. Yeah, Scatman Dan. <laughs> 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 but that's interesting. So why would why would a cassowary? Oh, because the because uh, the berries that it's eaten, eh? Is the, um... berries, the, because of the fruit, because of the berries they're eating. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. That, that um, them eating the berries plays an important role in the seed distribution, doesn't it, Dave? They rely on some trees well, to be some, present. Some of the trees in um, our lowland rainforest are dependent on the cassowary for reproduction. Yeah. What uh, what's the best fly to tie with cassowary? Ooh. <laughs> I'd have to use some of the black feather. Yep. I'm not a big fan of blue in flies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it looks like it's a, a big CDC type feather, right? That's what it looks God, like to me. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That'd have to be the odd one that's um, misjudged the traffic, right, up there? Yeah, around Mission Beach, I think it happens a bit, but... Um, most of the, the cassowaries that we know around the um, around the townships are very well known to the people, and they're very well signposted. So, um, if there's a cat there, they're, they're highly. I think they're pretty territorial. Mm. Um, so if um, if they're around, they're, they're they'll be around all of the time. So most there's no excuse to um, run over them. But the odd one gets run over by a um, Tourist. Yeah. Tourist in a uh, in a wicked van or something like that. Yeah. 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 Um that's interesting, mate, because I, I'm surprised that no one has used it or uh or, or anything like that as seen before. I mean, I don't know why we can't make it our polar bear, you know, here in Australia. You know? I mean if it's dead, it's dead. I mean it's not like you do it on purpose, if you know what I'm saying. But um Let's say it just happened by accident, you know. And uh, it had to be some great material. And uh, and one bird would 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 deal with the whole North Queensland Fly Fishers Club, I'm sure. Oh, more, more. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think there's anything wrong with that, you know. Like it's uh, it's all it's a, it's the circle of life. Mm. Look, look, it's already dead. I don't see any reason for it. But yeah, um, yeah. I mean, but there'd be nothing wrong with harvesting the young, you know. Like, I mean, they haven't lived for that long, right? Oh, uh, yeah. Interesting, in, in, interesting point, Chris. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, it looks like I'm going to get cancelled. Um, <laughs> no, no. Today I put up a video of feeding uh, magpie flies. I'm surprised I haven't had some hippie come back to me and say, you know, those magpies feel pain. You know, there was no hook. I'm, yeah, I'm, yeah, I have to explain that. It was a, it was a, uh, a shank that had the bend removed that had a fly tied on it and the magpie was picking it up during the casting lessons. <laughs> good fun, man. They're, they're good practice, you know. Put it, put it right in the head and get them to pick it up. Like a like a little kitten with a ball of string, <laughs> and they make good hackle when they make a mistake. <laughs> <laughs> Terrible in the smoker, <laughs> but nothing goes to waste. Man, I'm digging a massive hole here. We'll yeah. have to edit this out. Yeah, um, I've listened to your shows before. That's not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> certainly not. It certainly is not. Speaking of the club, Dave, you're a member of the North Queensland Fly Fishers up there, aren't you? Yeah, I am um, vice president at the moment. VP. VP. VP White. Yeah, VP White. Um, yeah, yeah. uh, did a fairly long 
tenure as president a little while ago and then had a bit of a break and now back to being VP. Yep. Yeah. Uh, it's a good club, smallish, uh, generally some pretty good people. Um, That's what makes a club, isn't it? The people who go there and, and undoubtedly the faces. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but personalities. I, <laughs> I think, um, the story. I think the best, uh, the best things out of the club come from the, generally come from the leaders. So, you know, if, if there's a good culture in the club, it's normally um, a reflection of, of their leadership, Dave. So, you know, um, it's something you could, you know, probably take a bit of credit for. Um, well, to, to, to maybe to an extent. Um, but there's a lot of guys that have been in the club for a long time. Yeah. Uh, Former self. I mean, there's a couple of members that have been in, in it now since its inception, which I think was in 98. Wow. Mm. And, and you, do, you do regular outings too, don't you? Chasing fish. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, we try. As a club, we are shit when it comes to honesty. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but but join the club, guys, if yeah. you like it. Yeah. A... Join, join the club. Come with us. Make guys. us less shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what an ad, yeah. hey? Uh, yeah. So, um, we meet. We have meetings twice a month. Um, the second Thursday of the month is our tying night. And then the last Thursday is sort of the general meeting. And then after the, the, the Thursday meetings, usually when we go fishing, um, what we're trying to do at the moment, and we're conscious that as a club, we tend not to catch fish because we're more concerned with making sure we go fishing rather than understanding what it is that we're doing, which fish we're going to, which fish we're going to target how we're going to target it on those tides, that sort of stuff. So it's, that's just something that, that has been an, has been an issue. Like we've we've gone fishing, we've gone over to 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 the um to the local flats on twenty five knot days. Yeah, because that's, because that's where our, our club trip was supposed to be that weekend. Um, so in the last few years, we have been trying very hard to sort of come up with a theme. Um, this month just gone, the theme was flats. So. We tied um, – what did we tie? We actually tied an Alflexo crab this month, mm. um, which was which was good. Um, we had some members that are very, very new to tying, tying flies uh, uh, come into it, and they, I think they got a lot out of it. And then um, the weekend just gone, well, I wasn't able to attend. Um, our trip was over to the local flats to fish – Unfortunately, the tides weren't fantastic, but the guys that went over still had a good um, a good day. I think they saw a few fish. They just weren't able to convert. Mm. That's rats fishing. Yeah, yeah. And, well, that's fishing in general, really. And, um, you know, to have the support of a club to go back and say, you know, well, this is what's happened and get some, uh, some uh, like-minded minds on the job there and to start to discuss it in a, in a safe place. That's what makes a club, and you can't replicate that on the internet, that's for sure. Uh, and, and, and we're getting to a point now we're trying. We've got our own little WhatsApp group, so there's a lot of guys going fishing all the time. Um, it seems that uh, going back to the sooty, that the sooty is one of the club favourites at the moment because when we go out together as a club chasing sooties, we've got to a point where we collectively know enough about them to have a pretty good day out. Mm. Uh, even a tough, even a tough day. The other day, a couple of guys from the club went out. Tough day 
and they still got half a dozen in the morning. Wow. Um, and you know, and they're all sort of a a, a good size, a good size fish. Mm. You know, so that's a lot better than going out spending all day on the all day on the bow of the boat and not seeing anything. Um, yeah, yeah. Trying, we're just trying to get get into that a little bit more. Um, we have got casting instructors. I'm certified casting instructors. Um, one of them now lives down at Bribey Island, but um, we, we've got those guys, and they offer to wish them to everyone in the club that wants it. Um, we've in the past had regular cut. We've had casting days, um, sort of come and try days. And there's a couple of places where we can sort of guarantee or almost guarantee that you might be able to catch a tarpon. So yeah. and tarpon are really good fish to, to start off on. Yeah. They're holes, but, they're, you know, they're really good fish to start off on. Well, for for yeah. the international listeners, we should point out that we're talking about Indo-Pacific tarpon. Yeah, oxeye herring, sorry. Yeah, yeah, that's all right. I just noticed that every time that uh, <laughs> I've seen one on the internet, like when I put mine up and stuff like that, I get Seppos going, you know, like uh, I didn't realise they were in, in Australia. You know, but um, they're not the same fish. We just need to point that out. No, um, having fished, I fished with a British man from Texas once. I took him up to um, Pinchinbrook. We fished for the day. We had a fat day. Mm. Um, he um, he caught a, a forty centimetre oxeye herring, and he lost his shit. He thought it was the best thing ever. And yeah. he was like, "It's the same. It's the same." No, it's not. <laughs> Oh, they go nuts. They go spare. They're super fun. I totally agree. Yeah. That is that is not eighty pound. No, that's right. He yeah. yeah, he absolutely loved it, and and he saw the filaments and on on the fin, and, and he's like, they're the same fish. And I said, well, just smaller. Mm. You know, everything is bigger in Texas. Mm. <laughs> well, actually, it's not. You know, Queensland is about three times the size of Texas. Probably, it is. I saw an overlay map the other day. I thought it was interesting. <laughs> Yeah, so that's uh, that's that's pretty cool. Everything's bigger in Queensland too, just not the tarpon. No, right? But uh, yeah, well, I mean, like it's, it's. I think it's. I don't think it's a stretch to call them a tarpon anyway. But they're yeah, they're not the same species. Oh, man, definitely no, not. They're, they're 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 fantastic light line target, and here similar sorts. You can catch them in similar situations. You can catch them out on the near shore flats on the beaches. You can catch them in the wetlands and in the estuaries. You can so catch them in a filthy duck pond as well. Catch them in a filthy duck pond. They're they're um <clears throat> they're like the barramundi and the snook. You know they fill the same niche or a very similar niche in the um in the fisheries. Mm. Oh yeah, I totally agree. I I hope I'm not coming across like I'm putting them down. They're they're an awesome. No, no, no. Yeah. No, not at all. Yeah, no, they're wicked. I could if I could catch tarpon every day. I would not be uh, upset with myself. Yeah, That's you wouldn't be disappointed with those. They jump, they pull. Um, they're just fantastic. They're really good. They, you're not always guaranteed a landing them too. They'll they'll uh, wear through the leader. Um, they throw the fly. Um, they save a bit of flight for the boat too. Those little ones. They um, <laughs> seem to get in the boat and bounce around and shit everywhere. So um, yeah, I think the terminology you're looking for is going ape shit. <laughs> <laughs> I reckon I should call it going tarpon shit because yeah. <laughs> I've been shit on by those things is incredible. <laughs> you don't tarpon need scat. 
for it to smell. I'll come home after a, a couple of hours on it and she'll be telling me to get my clothes off and get in the shower before I even get in the door. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, Dave. You, you must go tarpon fishing a bit then by the sounds of that, right? I have done, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. Does it sound like a. Uh, yep. Cool. Moving on. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, no, nah, mate. <laughs> Do you like chasing estuary cod? What? No, not particularly. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah, they, they're a bit of a uh, booby prize up your way, hey? Yeah, they steal flies out of the mouth as a brim. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's disappointing when that happens, isn't it? Yeah. It is. It's so disappointing. Yeah. Did you take Did you take Andy up to any of the pylons you got up there? No, man, no. Yeah. He loves sight fishing at pylons, I believe, for Brim. No, we, we we didn't get a chance to go in the boat, unfortunately. We only had the morning. Damn. Oh, yeah, cool. Damn. What sort of boat you got, Dave? Uh, it's a 1980 hull. Um, similar to yours, I think, Chris. Um, it's actually a Haynes Fish Hunter is the, the, the model. Very rare, I have been told. Um, was redone by the previous two owners, set up for um, for fly fishing, modelled very much on the whaler hulls. Yeah, I know that Haynes tried to flop a whaler at one stage, I heard. It, um, yeah. I don't know when that was. That um, was very early in the piece, I think. Um, yeah, didn't right. last long, and then they lost their blueprints or something. But um, no, 5.1 metres long. Um, it's good. I, I, the boomerang is, is awesome. Lately, I've been missing my, my old tinny, but um, yeah, it's a it's a beautiful boat. Does absolutely everything that we need it to do. Gets yeah. to the islands. I can pole around on the flats. I can get into the estuaries. Yeah, nice. And it's a really, really stable boat. Yeah, right. Okay, I'm actually looking, scrolling through your page, trying to find it. Actually, is there a picture of it on your page somewhere? Oh, I've seen it before. I've seen it for you've had it for years. I've seen it for a long time. It, mm, well, didn't you Rodney Collins own it before you or something or not? Yeah, I bought it from Rod. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I know the boat. I'm just trying to look for a picture of it to see, um, see the hull. If I can see a picture of the hull. Let's see if I can find it. I've got it. I think more likely to see it on Facebook. Yeah. Uh, photos. Well, I can see a little bit of a picture of it here, but um, geez, we make some great content. Time suddenly um on the podcast. I, 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 we just. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah, we absolutely do. Oh, here we go. So on, you'd have to go to my personal page to find for the most easiest picture on Facebook. Yeah, some of my own um personal photos. All right. Well, look, I might do that another time. There's what? a particularly good one from May 2016 where uh, I think it was probably about four hours into an eight-hour stint on a sandbar. <laughs> <laughs> How did that happen, Dave? What happened there, mate? I just misjudged the channel. We were, yeah. fishing. We were fishing and I went left and should have gone right. And it ended up staying uh, left? Yeah. Yeah, it's it stayed left. Yeah, right. Okay, <laughs> that's uh, 
And how did you pass the time, mate? Would you, were you like 99 bottles of beer on the wall until you got to, what, 10 or something? No, no, no we went to, we, we actually, we're in the Seymour River up, up in Hinchinbrook and um, we went wading. Right. Fishing. I, I got a picture of your boat up here on, on Instagram, actually. I can see it. It's just, it's in yep. the water. Um, yep. Someone's sitting down on the on the uh, on the on the car on the polling platform, and uh, following what some dude is uh, just watching. Do you, are you familiar with the photo? <laughs> Probably. You see, the caption is: "You may be right, I may be lazy." This is back <laughs> in o- October 2017. There's probably me sitting on the. Um, it's probably me sitting on the board then. On the polling platform, yeah. Yeah, like I can see it, it does look it it has got similar features to it. Does that um like my boat's a sled hull, like the bottom male is a sled, like it doesn't like the it's not a tri hull. It's the um like uh it's it's harder to describe. Like I don't it, it like about maybe oh the fir- under the first quarter of the boat it starts to flatten out and it becomes like flat like in, like a normal boat sort of thing. I guess you could say. Yeah, it's got, yeah. got two two fins. It's got two two like long skegs. They're like about eight hundred mil long. They're about two hundred mil off the uh, off the off the keel, and they extend. They 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 stop right at the transom. So from the transom back towards the center of the boat, they're about eight hundred mil long and two hundred mil off the keel, and they're only about sixty mil high. Yeah, well, I mean, when you go back to if you're looking from the back of the boat, you wouldn't see that there's the tri hull at the front. Yeah, that sounds it sounds similar, you know. But uh, is it foam filled? Like the like the whalers? No, it's not foam filled. Oh, okay. Yep. Right. Yeah. Right. But maybe it, it might have been at one. Might have been at one point, but um, I mean, it's been redone a couple of times. So. Yeah. Oh, well, okay. It looks like I can see it like a single skin. Like I can see the shape of the hull a little bit. But um, yeah, I'm just trying to learn more. But uh, look, we can talk about that more off the air. I'm 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 interested in it for sure. All Sorry. Good. Yeah. All good. Yeah, yeah, I think the word you're looking for is heck yeah, right? Heck yeah. <laughs> hey. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. Yeah, Dave, Dave's boat is pride and joy, and, you know, I've been fortunate to be on it, and seeing Dave, buddy, um, you know, handle that thing out on the flats. Um, I remember one day Dave showed me one of his favourite flats, and remember Tuskzilla, mate, we saw... Oh, that was – I was just thinking about that as you brought it up, Jeff. That yeah. was – those two daisy chaining. Yeah. It's not often you see them together. Those two were messing, fussing around with each other, you know. But, um, yeah, it was it was pretty unique. Um, tough day, that one, but that was that was a standout. We did see a few few uh, big tuskies that day. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, Dave. Yeah. Tell us, tell us about these live videos, mate, because I know when the pandemic happened, you were like it, probably the first to start doing these live videos, and um, and they really started to sort of take. I really enjoyed tuning into those things. How those things go for you? But look, they were they were good. And I, look, honestly, it was a case like I was going a bit stir crazy, and and I wanted to do it mainly for the club, um, because we're sitting there. We got a lot of older guys in the club, and they weren't allowed to get out. About. So I wanted to do something that would try to keep people engaged with us. Yeah, like in the end, I was doing it sort of half between me and half between between the club. But it was sort of it was helping me more than um, 
more than anything, I think, just sort of getting there and just sort of talking shit into the camera and sort of tying a few flies and, and, and doing a few things. Um, I did enjoy it. It's sort of I, – I, I'd like to do some more of it, to be honest. Yeah, um, what are you? I've got to think of what I need to do, um, what sort of flies to do, what do I want to – what am I interested in doing, what do I want to share. Um, it, it, it's – because it's about the education. Like, I, I do like getting it out. I do like getting it out there. I owe a, a, a lot of what I can do to the generosity of others, and I just like to share share a little bit of that with other people. Mm. Yeah, right. Okay. Why don't you do? Why don't you do some um, do some live sooty fishing? Could that yeah. would be pretty cool? Yeah, I reckon that'd be awesome, man. That'd be really cool to sort of you know. Get around Andy, Andy Thompson yeah. style to a degree, you know, like the camera on your head, and um, and uh, you know, it'd be great to see you walking through the bush and explaining, you know, what you're looking for in your, for your own safety. I mean, it would be if you were Andy, Andy, Andy Bolch would be the most unentertaining um thing because he'd be just tra la 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 through the bush, not worry about <laughs> walking on anything, anything that's going to hurt him or bite him or sting him, you know. Oh, I got hit by a gimpy gimpy for the fifth time. And, um, <laughs> It's funny those trees don't get up and move. It's in the same place every time. Anyway, it's a... <laughs> My leg actually from a couple of weeks ago that just aren't healing. A gimpy gimpy? No, bites. I don't know what they're from. From fishing? Right. From fishing, yeah. Yeah, right. Well, like uh, insect bites. Yeah. Not crocodile bites, right? Not crocodile bites. Right. No. Where are they, mate? Where... That's, that's a, a, a big scar that's nearly gone now. Right, okay. Right, 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 Mister Dundee. Right, yeah. Dave Dundee. I love it. <laughs> Walter Dundee. <laughs> one, of things, one of the things that surprised me um, when I've been sooty fishing with Dave a couple of times too is um, the variety of places that you know. When, when Dave says there's sooties north, south, and west of, of where he lives, like that each of the rivers and, and creeks, even within the same watershed, is so completely different. Um, mm -hmm. uh, and it, it's, you know, part of the addiction, I think, with with um, well, the addiction, the attraction of, of stream fishing is, you know, the character that each, each stream, even each pool has. Um, yeah. yeah, and uh, it, it's pretty cool. It's an absolute privilege to, to, to be taken there with, you know, to, to explore them literally with, with uh, someone like Dave who, who knows his way around. But um, I reckon it'd be a fascinating video, like Chris said, to 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 have a have a look at you know sort of things like how to read the water, you know where the fish are going to sit on snags, um, you know your, your your techniques, your cast, your retrieve, the flies, that sort of thing. But, um, but live, like I mean, you see people do YouTube videos of it all the time, you know, to see to take someone fishing live like that would be. Be really cool because it's so much to see. It's not like you're on the boat just going, we've been out here for an hour now, still haven't seen anything, you know. But to be, yeah, be it cruising would, around. Sorry, it would be really, it would be really interesting. Be quite challenging with the reception in a couple of the places as well. But there are a few places where it might work. You could probably carry a booster in your backpack or something like that, you know, <laughs> like a small satellite dish or something like that. Oh <laughs> yeah, guys. Yeah. I mean, let's yeah. let's think outside the square. I mean, we're you know we're 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 inventing the wheel here with this. I don't think anyone else has done this before. We could <laughs> we could do anything. 
I reckon that'd be that'd be very cool. I mean, you must have places there with with reception, though, Dave. Yeah, I mean, it must it'd be a challenge, I guess. And oh, look, but... there's a couple, and there's 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 places where 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 you've got reception, and 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 there are. I do have rules of engagement, and one of those are that I let someone know that I, where I am because I mm. fish a lot on my own. Yep. Um, so, the, if Fiona knows to expect me around about a particular time, you know, if she hasn't heard from me. And she'll make sure that she reminds me that I've been a slack ass and that I need to get in contact. Mm. Um, and when I've been out a couple of places, like it's important to take a sat phone because there is no um, there is no reception. And if you break a leg, then you're screwed. Mm. Mm. Part of the thrill, mate. Yeah, yeah. Just like the time I fell through the railway bridge. Oh, tell us about that. What happened there, mate? Oh, it was just stupid. I was young. Well, not so young. Still stupid. Yep. Um, <laughs> and um, I was just starting fly fishing up here and um, was looking for some um, looking for some tarpon down around the Horton and found a railway bridge, decided to walk across it because there was a nice set of pools pretty high up. I was a little bit skinnier than I am now and I hooked into a fish and I turned and uh, my left leg went through between the sleepers um, and my knee swelled a bit. God damn. Was there a train coming at the time? Thankfully no. It's like a movie scene, man. Thankfully no, because there was no phone. I left my phone in the car. And so it took me about 10 minutes to actually be able to get out and stand up and make sure I could walk. But I caught the fish. Oh, that's amazing. Because if I was you, by the sounds of your household, I'd want to have carp, no tarp and smell all over my clothes as well by the time I got home, from what you said before. <laughs> if I, if so, when I'm yeah. coming home, I've got my tarp and she knows that I've been a naughty boy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> 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 yeah, I like to go into detail on this podcast sometimes, but only sometimes. <laughs> um. Yeah, man. So that's uh, I mean, yeah. So you're you're near near water in North Queensland, trapped like uh, legs legs stuck. You know, I'm thinking yeah, above, above the water on a bridge. Yeah, fifty meters away from a car. Oh right, um, okay. I'd seen my, I'd seen the, the the train cross the bridge about twenty minutes before, so I figured I had probably about a, at least a couple of hours before one come back. But you never know. What a heavy situation. I mean, uh, that, but it, yeah. it hurt, and it, it, it my leg went through the sleepers on the way down a lot easier than when trying to pull it back through on the way up. Um, <laughs> you probably just didn't have the right motivation. I reckon if you saw a croc coming, oh, yeah. you probably, probably would have got it through. I would have moved pretty fast. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely, mate. Uh, I got home and, you know, was, uh, funny, funny story. Yeah. Was yeah. It, tackle unscathed, mate, or what? Hey? Was your tackle unscathed? Yes. Yeah, good. Yeah. yeah. And, and um, I have broken broken stuff elsewhere, but not, nothing as exciting as that. Yeah, right. What's your preferred thing to do up there for fishing day? You prefer to do this um, solo missions through the bush on rickety train tracks, or do you like to get out on the flats if you got the opportunity to do one or the other? 
Oh, that's really tough because they're two, two very different situations. Um, I really love both, but I think at the moment I probably would tend towards going bush um, because I like the solitude. Um, I like the um, I like the clean cleanliness, the cleanness of the of the bush um yep. I, I deal with um pollution and contamination um most days of the week for work so to get away from that and to really sort of cleanse myself is um probably what i want to do more than anything but in saying that being on the flats um with a mate and stalking some goldens or or some um bastards is 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 pretty bloody cool i mean i can get take the boat down it's five minutes to the ramp i can be at i can be at the local flats in half the uh, half an hour 45 minutes yeah mm. so so dave here's here's a question for you. i love asking this to to fly fishermen um what's what's your your big box left to tick on on fly you know where, where what do you want to catch what do i want to catch yeah, that you haven't done yet already. I want to catch sickle fish. Right. Hmm. Is that? Do we take credit for that? Is that from Amos's show? Uh, not from his show specifically, no. But okay. um, a little bit it reminded me because they're so hard. No, I, I do want to catch a permit, of course. Um, mm -hmm. I would love to catch a big Atlantic tarpon. Yep. Um, a big Atlantic tarpon. I'd like to catch a, an Atlantic tarpon that is like twenty pounds. Sure, like that's that's tiny. I know that's small. Um, I'd, and I'd like to figure out how to catch tuna consistently. And I know that you guys have talked about that a little bit on the podcast, but tuna is something that has eluded me. Oh, really? Uh, over the years so i've come close and I've, I've got a couple of mac tuna but um the longies of longies have eluded me and i just it's just not something that i put a lot of time into and i think that's one of the important things you've got to put the time into it yeah i think you just hit the nail on the head right there with that dave it's just uh yeah long tail all tuna fishery is just a matter of putting the time in mm. um that's yeah, like there's a there's a lot to do. Like I sort of have wet dreams about the potential fishing in um, South America. Mm -hmm. You know the the peacock bass, the arapaima, the um, dorado in jungle stream. The, you know. the, yeah, dorado, the the all of that sort of stuff. I mean that. Wow. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, seriously, wow. I, I think if 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 I had to, if I was only allowed to do one thing probably what i would do i'd just have to make it all of south america yeah right there's a lot to do there i reckon you'd need at least four weeks you know to get oh. the various boxes ticked you know the the peacock bass the arapaima up in venezuela and you know maybe maybe dorado northern argentina and then down to you know to rio grande for the um for the freshwater uh, dolphin yeah no. the fresh, oh. <laughs> they're big dolphins down there mate you yeah know? yeah i know yeah 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 Dave, here's, here's one for you, mate. Lake Jurassic or Rio Grande, which one would you do if you couldn't do both? <laughs> Sorry. 
<laughs> so I just had to put the suspense for music there for the big yeah. question, like who wants to be a millionaire sort of thing, you know? Like remind me of like Jurassic. To where all those stupidly Lake Strobel, the the big rainbow fishery where it's ridiculously fertile and full of big dumb rainbow trout. Ah, uh, no, Rio Grande. Yeah, right. Nice. Yeah. You well, answered t- correctly. Well done, though. Yeah. yeah. You chose Catadromus. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> An hour and 24 minutes, folks, whoever's got the uh, the hour and 24 card on the lottery. <laughs> you know what's sad? Some smart ass will pull me up on that and go, they're actually Anadromus. Well, guess what? Uh, An hour and 25 ass. people who had Anadromus. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> You've just been playing Catadromus Anadromus Lottery. Bingo. <laughs> Some of the some of the my favourite that's uh, trout fishing was how I started got interested in fly fishing anyway. Well, tell yeah, us about right. that, mate. We I wanted to hear about that because I mean you do have a uh, you live in North Queensland and you tie and you do try tie trout flies. You know, I've yeah. seen you do it. What's the deal um, with that, mate? Well, what's wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> like a Queensland yeah. Eugene. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> The rodeo on Mother's Day at Bowen in 1975, and I right. think that mum went into labour, and it all went downhill after that. <laughs> no. Um, no, um, <laughs> oh, years ago. So I wasn't fly fishing at the, at the time, but in 2006, 2005, 2006, I was um, actually in Adelaide. You called me Doctor Dave before. I nearly am, but mm. I'm not, and I never will be. Um, I was doing some research for uni and living with an old mate that I met originally up here. And he got into um, fly fishing, was part of the, the, the South Australian Fly Fishing Club, part of the hatcheries and stuff. And part of his lunchtimes, he'd walk through the Adelaide Hills, um, drifting dry flies through some pretty cool little little creeks, never catching anything. Mm. Uh, but that was that was really cool. So that was when I first saw someone tie a fly. First saw someone cast a fly rod. Yeah. Um, then uh, he also sort of did um, quite a bit of uh, brim fishing as well down there. Sight cast would sight cast to. Um, I'm not right. sure what a brim it was. Yeah. On the Onca, on on the Sorry. The Onca Paringa River. Sorry, man. Oh, bless you. Yeah. Um, I, look, and I, I'm sorry to any South Australians listening to this. And, nah, don't worry about it, mate. They're in South Australia. Yeah. We, we know both of them are cool. Yeah. <laughs> 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 One of those things, like, and then it was would have been a couple of years after that that um, but still wasn't really fishing much. Yeah. Um, I um, moved home. And started fishing again probably about well, 18 months ago. Took a little while before I got into into the fly, but went from, you know, soft plastics and lures and then just decided, well, there's a, a period of about 18 months where I'd take a fly rod out with me every time I went fishing and never use it. And then I decided that I wanted to get better at fly fishing because the first time I ever picked up a fly rod cast in anger, yeah, I rode a... Uh, a ten weight with a 
fast sinking line that was not designed for casting went up to one of the local beaches and caught myself flatted um yeah. so that was the first time i actually fly fished so what's the name of that river again onka parinka bless you um is there flathead in that no is it freshwater is it no that uh, that was um it was an estuary but it was right up so that was in that was in adelaide so oh, once right. I, once I moved to moved back up here, there were um, come back up and just the sort of bread and butter, flathead, whiting, brim. Gotcha. Uh, just googling something, Dave. Uh, things to do in Adelaide. When we, um... <laughs> oh, sorry, I, I might be getting a bit. Here. I could just see where this is going. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Sorry, Dave. Street. Um, brim fishing. Brim fishing in Snowtown. <laughs> <laughs> Plenty of burly. And fished up here, and then I joined the club. Yeah. So one of the old guys, Harvey, showed me how to tie a clouser. So then I was, you know, that was sort of the start of that. Um, yeah. And then, sort of, for my, um, well, not a honeymoon. It was before we got married, my ex-wife. We went down to Tasmania for um, a two-week holiday, one Christmas, New Year. Um, and I that was when I first started tying trout flies. You did a bit of fishing down there, mate? Did, tried a little bit, yep. Um, did you do the, the famous Tyana River? I certainly did. That's where I met a really good mate now, um, Dave Dick. Sorry? Dave David Dick. Hmm. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, he um the double D, Dready Dready Dave. I think the locals call him. Oh yep. right, yeah. He um he's a, a, a an awesome bloke. I can remember getting down into his hometown and just yeah. crossed the bridge, and I tried calling him, and there were trout in station at the bridge that I was looking at. <laughs> um, yeah. and and that was that. He and I went down for the afternoon. He still laughs about it. He can't. He, he, we lost count of how many fish I lost that afternoon, how many fish I got eats from, and the fact that I caught none <laughs> um, because I get too slow or too fast or something. Yeah. Um, and finally got one the next day with him. Actually, I, ta mm. I tail hooked it. What? Yeah, tail hooked. It, My it first caught was a tail was was foul hook. Well, tail. let me ask you this first, Dave. Was there scent on that hook? No. <laughs> no, then it's a definitely legit capture. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Sorry to those guys who sent. Apologise. So the minute started um, war. <laughs> then we went around, went over to Brumbies, and I caught up with a mate that I'd work, been working with for a little while. Who'd moved down that way, uh -huh. and the um, not the bakery. No, not the, not the bakery. Brumbies Lagoon. I gotcha. Yep. Oh yeah, for sure. Yep. And uh, got a. That was when I got, that was the first um, brown I got on a dry fly, which was awesome. Mm. Um, that would have been about a good half metre long. I was all set to let him go and old mate come over and necked him and was taking him home for dinner. I was like, oh, right, okay. Yeah, they taste beautiful. Yeah. Tastes really nice. Yeah, especially when they've been eating great. Yeah. Mm. yeah. 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 Absolutely. So, you know, and I've been back there a couple of times. Uh, I've been back there once since and want to spend so much more time down there because that's did you do any salt water down there dave like the no, brim down there pretty legendary right 
They are very legendary, but no, I haven't. Yeah, right. And so you have. I was going to. I was going to ask for a comparison between the 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 Tassie um, the Tassie brim and the ones in South Australia where you where you started. What was the name of that river? That was Onka Barinka. Okay, okay, sure. Let's start writing this down. That's a long word. It is, and I'm probably saying it wrong. How did you say it again? Onka Parinka. Per, oh, Parinka. I'm looking at G yeah. at the end of the year. Yeah. You've got a K in it, has it? That's why I can't find it. Thing, yeah. Things to do in ag delayed. No. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Um, and then I guess um, when I started getting serious with the fly fishing, then, and Jeff takes great pleasure in paying me out about this, but <laughs> I would. I would drive past Barra Creeks to fish for brim. It's pikey um, brim. Um, pikey brim. Up, up at Hinch and Brook because... Let's call, let's call it what it is. It's, it's pikey brim, right? The uh, pikey brim. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, because like the sooty, they can be really aggressive. They eat flies. They're not hard. And they're really, really, they're a lot of fun sort of cut my teeth sight fishing. Yeah. Dave, I want to let you know something, mate. Don't let anything that Volti says sway you, mate. You know, uh, you know I, I, it's taken a while. Yeah. It's yeah. taken a while, but I'm slowly sort of getting used to his weird sense of humour. Because, yeah, because <laughs> what you got to understand, it's not it's not face value with what he's doing there, right? It's not, it's not that he's sledging you out about catching the brim. He's wanting you to react. He's essentially yes, fishing for you, fishing for brim. You understand? Yes. Yes. You know, it's a little bit of a... Um, it's frustrating. You know, huh? It's what I do when I'm frustrated. You know? Yeah, yeah. It's for people. Yeah. I'm human. That's what I do. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but yeah man. Getting back, getting back to the fishing day. So you've chased pikey brim. This, this is what I find fascinating comparing to brims across Australia. So for the black brims in Tasmania, you didn't chase, right? No, you I got, didn't chase. Yeah, you've got pikeys in North Queensland. Have you chased the yellow... Yellow fins, yellow fin brim, like we get maybe a bit further down the east coast, or do you, do you get those in Townsville? Get finners. Um, look, there is a different species of brim that's on the on the beaches. Yeah. Um, uh, that maybe grow a little bit larger than the than the pikey. Really? Um, not cool. much. Yeah. Um, but no, I mean I've only ever. Uh, uh, dare I say it? The only time I've ever caught um, brim in the southern states has been with bait. Oh, okay. Was that yeah. in South Australia? No, that was in New South Wales. Oh, okay. Yep, yep. Which ones did you get in South Australia? What's the species that live there? They would have been a pike. They would have been a black brim, I think. Black brim, like southern South black Australia for sure. Think, there's been so there been no yellow brim down there. Yeah. I think there's. I think there are southern black brim. Yeah. Yeah. And they're they're widely distributed. They're on the beaches and and that river. Yeah, and like so, he there was a couple of places where he where he would go. Um, just that one, I remember being. You know, I can remember going down there one afternoon, and I was I was hiding well back from him, and um, was watching them sort of mooning on the rock bars. And yeah, where's sorry, where's this? That was down to South Australia again. I'm sort of taking you all over the place. Oh, no, no, that's cool. No, I'm just. Yeah. just Build a mental picture. I mean, sight fishing is cool, no matter where you do it. You know, um, you know, North except, Queensland. Down, except down. when you're, except when you're sighting mooning, right? <laughs> no one wants to see that mooning. Yeah, 
Sorry. Yeah. So which which rivers do they occur in down in South Australia? Well, there's the Onkaparinka and probably the Murray. The what? You broke up there for a second. The Onkaparinka and probably the Murray. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Right, right down the front at the estuary there. Yeah, right. What do they call that? The Kurong or something? Don't, no, don't really know my geography down there very well. Okay, Let's just yeah. call the Kurong Perinka. Perinka. <laughs> That'll work. Kurong, Kuronga Pinka. Kuronga Pinka. Yeah. Kurong Parinka. Um, it, yeah, I like saying that word. I think that's a fun word to say. Onka Paringa. Rolls off the tongue. Are we, are we saying it right? Yeah, Onka Parinka. Onka Parinka. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah, so you're saying it wrong, Vols. Clearly. Yeah, I'll, I'll Google it. Yeah. Yeah. Try it one more time. <laughs> Go, Dave. Huh? Onka Perinka. Yep. There we go. Okay, we got that. Got it. Yeah. Might have to edit. Yeah. Yeah. In the can, bro. We got this. Yeah. Hey, um, Dave, uh, just want to talk about one final uh, topic, and it's it's a it's a large one, and it's I, I um it's a it's the Hinchinbrook uh, fly fishing challenge, mate. Um, yeah. It's something that you know. I reckon it's one of Australia's best uh, best tournaments in that it, it rewards um, it r- rewards uh, skill across many species, including brim. Um, <clears throat> can you give us a rundown on that, mate? Like, how how does it work? When is it? Um, yeah, give give us a one hundred and one on that. Oh, this year, I think it's around the. 25th to the 27th or the 27th to the 29th of August. Um, it's a two-day comp. Right. Uh, so you sort of fish Friday, Saturday. Um, there's a Thursday night briefing, that sort of stuff. Uh, it's it's it's, uh, it's it's pretty good. People come, well, people come from all over the country or um, yep. all over Queensland, Northern Territory. Um, yep. We've had guys come from overseas fishing as well a couple of times, which was pretty cool. Mm. Um, so, so how does the scoring work, Dave? So you've got uh, it's, it's 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 there are seven target species, right? Um, so the target species are your favourite, the cod. Cod, yeah. Um, Mangrove jack, a uh, mangrove jack and finger mark uh, are considered one species for the purposes of this. Um, so mangrove jack or finger mark is, is one. So you've got cod, mangrove jack, barramundi. Yep. Uh, tarpon, uh, yep. The, the Indo-Pacific tarpon. Yep. Um, Queenfish. Uh, That's also called the Millsy fish. <laughs> yeah, yeah. After Robert Mills, yeah, yeah. And so we have to see what else is there, mate. Trevally, Trevally, yep, sure. Um, and Flathead are the seven. Did you say Brim at one stage? No, Brim's not in not 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 one of the target species. Has it been previously? Has been. And yeah. can we fish the Onca Perinka? No. no. Okay. 
<laughs> it's out of the comp bounds. This is just just below this up and boundary, right? Yeah. <laughs> Black brim are not included. No. <laughs> Um, the competition, the, the, the boundaries sort of extend from Forest Beach in the south, yeah, out towards Hinchinbrook Island and in, incorporate Hinch the inside of Hinchinbrook Island. Um, yep. The last couple of years, it's also included Missionary Bay up the north, mm -hmm. and then across, and then all of the tidal waters, essentially east of the the, the, the Bruce Highway. Oh, um, okay, in the channel itself in the Hinchinbrook system, wetland, estuary. Um, so you've got all of that. Um, you're allowed to launch um, in any of the boat ramps that are around the area as long as you were back at Lucinda at 5 o'clock or at 5, I think it was 5.30 cutoff uh -huh. um, to hand in your, your, your photo cards. So it's all catch and release. Um, with it's, photo evidence, so well, photo evidence, yeah, on, on um, that are supplied. So there's no chance of foul play being done, isn't it? It's a it's a fair comp. It's a fair comp. Yeah. Um, there's on top of that. Um, so I haven't mentioned Golden Trevally, and I haven't mentioned Permit. They're special species, right? So for every other species of seven, you get one point. For every centimetre of fish from 30 centimetres. So 30 centimetres is your minimum minimum scoring length. Yeah. Uh, similar for Permit and Golden Trevally, but for Golden Trevally, it is length times five. Yeah. And Permit is length times ten. Wow. Well, that's a real kicker, isn't it? Yeah. And look, the, the guys that win or that are up there that win, they can catch a permit or a couple of golden trevally and five or six species in a day yep. without too much. Well, it's a lot of hard work, but, you know, if you can do that, you, you're doing pretty good. Yeah, for sure. Is, is there an accelerating point scheme? Like the, the more species yeah. you get, like it sort of just gathers momentum, right? Yeah. So uh, three, you catch three of the target species. Mm-hmm. So that's not including goldens and, and permit, but if you catch three of the other target species, that's 250 points. Yeah. Plus your length, then four species is 500 points. Wow. Yeah. Then five is 750. Yeah. And then I've never caught more than that, so I'm not sure. <laughs> um, I think it's a 1,000 for... I think it's a 1,000 for six... So it just keeps going up like that. Wow. So once you, start, once you start getting into those bonus points, that's where you really start to start to do all right. And it's not about it's not necessarily about catching numbers of one fish. Yeah. It's a, it's about catching a variety of a variety of fish over the course of the two days. And your scoring starts from zero at, at both days. Both days, right. There's no carryover. Yeah. No carryover, and then the, the, your points for the two days are combined, and that's how it works out. It, so, it sounds like know, a real challenge, mate. Well, it's, it's not a challenge. Um, and, and, and it really is a challenge. I think that's what it was done. I mean, 
look, the 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 fly fishers, we Richard Stanhope as part of the the, the, the um the, the North Queensland fly fishers ran the competition for eleven yeah. years. He's a hell of a guy. A lot of people Richard would be too yeah. humble to say this, but Richard um was one of the first people uh, that the Australian Defence Forces um, to set foot set foot in Afghanistan in in the most recent conflict. Like he, he was one. He was there in the landing party and um, uh, helped establish the, um, you know, the our operations over there. He's, he's a hell of an organizer and he's a great guy. He's a really nice dude. Yeah, he is. Um, and he's now actually part of the the, the, the Hinchinbrook Fly Fishing Club. And uh, yeah, that organising committee. Hey, hey, Dave. Um, Running just, out. It's just, been going now for nearly twenty years or more. Yeah, it's it, it really. It's got a yeah, great vibe it's too. Wild. It's got a really good vibe. I've been fortunate to fish it a couple of times. The people there are really helpful. They're all there to have fun, um, but they're you know they're also there to, to get the fishing done. This ain't you know this ain't no piss up, casual piss up. There's a bit of that, a fair bit of that, yeah. but it's all about the fishing, you know. Um, <laughs> And, uh, yeah, the, the, it's really helpful. And th they're one of the few comps too. I, what I, I love about them is uh, they give great return uh, value to their sponsors. Like, you know, um, they they quite actively um, promote their sponsors and, and their anglers actually show a lot of loyalty back to their sponsors. Um, and uh, I'm going to go out on a limb here. Uh, you two guys, uh, you know, both being Beast Brushers and North Queensland, uh, flies, not so well, flies are um, are sponsors this year, correct? Uh, yes, actually, Jeff, thanks for asking. Yeah. Yes, Beast Brushes is kind enough to be sponsoring the Hinch and Book Challenge this year. Wow, man, oh, yeah. well, um, and yeah, and I've, I've, I've tied flies for it now for a few years. Yep, 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 yeah. Um, it's look, just the thanks is enough, yeah. Um, I like. I sort of like what they did last year. They did something a little bit different. Tell um, us about that, mate. In that um, last year with COVID, obviously there were a lot of members of the, the the industry that were negatively impacted because of the lack of tourism, lack mm -hmm. of travel, all of that sort of stuff. Like so, yeah. Um, what the the organisers decided to do last year was that they still charged entry. Um, but instead of that money going into things and prizes for the competitors, um, I think they ended up giving most of the money back to the sponsors. Wow. It's an amazing um, Depending on the, the sort of proportion. I don't fully understand how they, how they worked it out, but proportionately based on the the amount of support that had been given to the challenge by that particular sponsor over the years. Yeah. That's very cool. Very generous. Give it, really give it cool. a back. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, and, and it was different. It, it meant that the price had to go up last year for those, those of us that competed, but for those of us that competed, we didn't mind. Yeah. Um, it was very well run. Um, Al Simpson, um, Ketterfly, um, last year. Yeah, I've heard of him. He made um, <laughs> he made some shirts for us. We had some shirts printed for the comp as well, and then sold them off. Um, yeah. But also made sure that there were shirts for everyone in the because he was very disappointed when he found out he weren't going to get shirts last year. 
So he took it off, took it on his own bat to make sure that there were. Wow, what a guy! He's a champion, eh? Good yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah. But no, it's a really good bunch of blokes to do it, and the organisers. So Richard, um, with Rod, Dan, uh, Joey. Um, I think they're the, the, the primary, they're, they're the core group of organisers. So over the last couple of years, they've just been doing a fantastic job. Well, that's great. So what are the, do we, we talk about the dates this year, right? Yeah? Yeah, so I think the 27th to the 29th of August. Yep. Um, Which, uh, why is that time of year picked? Uh, we, had, we had actually picked some tides in September that were better. But then when trying to liaise with other clubs, um, they sort of barged in on us and took it away. So, you tell me fly, fly fishing took a back seat to, uh, to Beto's? Yeah. What? In, are you telling me? A little, bullied, a, little, a little bit bullied out of it, I would say. Yeah, that, um, seems, that seems strange. Do these guys wear high-vis by any chance? Some of them might. Yeah, I'm, I, see what, I, I can hear what you're saying here, mate. I think I'm. Uh, I think I'm understanding the demographic of these um, these guys who are pushing in a bit. Why would they want those tides? Surely those tides aren't any good for them guys. We had the tides that we had were excellent. Yeah, uh, very uh, very good all round tides, um, fishing all up and down Hinchinbrook. Why Why do you pick? I mean, that time of year you're sort of looking at uh, late April, late winter, early spring. Either way, which either, which either mm -hmm. tides there was. Why that time of year and not? Why not now? It's available. It's av availability. Um, historically, it's always sort of been an August September timing. Yeah, yeah, uh, I understand. But, but as, aside, as, I mean, for the, the fishing-wise, as, as it starts to warm up. Yep. And it's just towards the end of winter, and it's starting to warm up. Some of the fishing starts to pick up. Right. Um, and there's you, you. You really do at that time of year. You do have a real chance of, of catching everything on the list. Well, so, yeah, right. So it's it, 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 the time of year the barrow might be a little bit, a little bit quiet. Um, same with the jacks; they might be a little bit quiet. Well, can I ask you a question? What happens? What happens to you when you live in North Queensland? And you say something like, "Who cares about barrow? Anything? It depends on who you say it. <laughs> if you said it at the shopping centre in Townsville or something like that, are you? Are you? Would you be fearful of getting out of there? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I would be. I say it regularly at the, the, the tackle shop, but usually only when the owners are there because I, <laughs> I can run faster than them. Yeah, right. Eh? And you probably run faster than most of those guys in the high-vis shirts too, I'd imagine, right? Yeah. 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 Except for Batesy. Except for Batesy. He's the yeah. leader of the high-vis mafia. <laughs> and really blue, that guy. Uh, hey, what? <laughs> hey, Dave, when's... Yeah. Uh, when when do the entries open for the uh, for the Hinchinbrook Challenge? Yeah, that's the there was an email sent around to past competitors the other week. So I believe that you should start looking on the socials. Uh, I think thirtieth is thirtieth of June is when it, around then is when when the the, the, the entries will open. It's mm. not far away, so people need to start getting their act together, thinking about getting up there. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, and is there a password for to get into the comp? A password for like anyone? Anyone is welcome, right? Um, yep. I guess that those that have participated in the past sort of get a little bit of forewarning. 
could could we make a password or a safe word? I mean, like that river you talked about in South Australia. <laughs> Half of us wouldn't be able to say it. Say what? Onka Parinka. Yeah, I just want to hear you say it one more time, Dave. I tell you the way the way you pronounce that that river, like to me, it makes me feel like I live there. You know, it takes me on a journey, man. It takes me on a journey, yeah, like a like a, a journey of the mind. You know. Mm-hmm. But, um, <laughs> So maybe it could be a safe word for competitors in the, in the comp. <laughs> Onka Paringa. <laughs> what? Yeah. I reckon Dave just got his team name organised. Oh yes, Team Onka Paringa. <laughs> <laughs> maybe you could blend it with like yeah, you know, if you fished it with Andy, you could call it Ike Onka Pikey Ringer or something like that. Right? <laughs> <laughs> it's gone. Yeah, look, just, just exclusively fish pylons or something like that. Is he gone? I don't, I don't know. There's, there's not many pylons left up there, is there, mate? The crocs ate them all. Crocs ate them all. No. The Jennings would want it, 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 it um, at Lucinda, but no. Not a, not a heap of pylons. <laughs> I wouldn't want to be. I wouldn't want to be a brim hanging around one of those pylons either. Nah. Get, get boofed pretty hard, eh? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, mate, I tell you, it's. Uh, I think if 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 that comp ever folds, it'd be a sad day in Australian fly fishing history. It's mm. a very big part of the uh, Australian fly fishing culture. Uh, mm. That is definitely for sure. An institution, twenty years in, well and truly. Oh, it's it's more it's more than that now. I can't. I, I don't know. I mean, it's yeah. gone through. There was a. a, a um. I think before the and the, the, the before our club took over, it was run by the Cairns Fly Fishers. Mm-hmm. They folded, and then before they did it, I think there was a, a club in England that looked after it. Really, um, I was think Gordon Nugget Hodges or something like that was it his name. Ran a tackle shack or something. Uh, look, I, maybe I don't. I I honestly I, I don't know. Right. Yeah. Gordon Hodges sounds like the sort of name you wear high vis with, right? <laughs> Gordon Hell Hodges. Fisher. Hell there you go. Fisher, yeah. I'm the foreman. Yeah. I drink 4X. I wear high vis. Yeah, no, that's. Uh, I don't know the guy. Gordon, if you're listening, I'm sure you're a top bloke. <laughs> I could have the name wrong, but I just might have made it up. You know? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Might be Henry or something. Who knows? Yeah. Yeah. Um, could be. Yeah. No, Did look, you? mate, it, it is. It's been around for a long time. It's um, it's it's a uh, it's a good measure of um of who to watch it or like all comps, the guys that are winning yeah. it to to understand that like to to learn the techniques that they're using uh, or flies they're using or if they can share. I mean, it's a, it's a good measure. You got how many people competing it on average, Dave? Like you know, it seems like you last, get twenty or thirty people there. Last couple of last couple of years, we've had a full card of twenty five teams. Twenty mm-hmm. five uh, teams, so fifty people, roundabouts, yeah, fifty people plus or. Plus or minus, um, this year we'd probably, I, I think we'd probably expect the same. Um, at this point, it looks like I might have, have drawn a short straw and I'll be fishing with a, in a team of three. Right. Um, team Onka Paringa is a team of three. Potentially. Yep. <laughs> um, with Try the Onka milkman. Paringa. Yeah, with the local milkman and um, one of the <laughs> other fellas. Milkman? Is this Ted? Yeah, yeah Ted. 
Ted. Yeah. Yeah, right. Nice. Good one, Ted. Yeah. Yeah, but we'll, you know, we'll just see how it goes. But we are, they are expect. I was talking to them, talking to the organisers the other week, and they are expecting potentially a, a couple of teams of three. So, is there a, is there a penalty for for having three in a team? Like, working out points are divided up a little bit more, or yeah, we're, we're, why we're, would you just get three times three? If there's two teams of three, you could do two three teams of two. There's a boat shortage. Yeah, Ted, don't go. Oh, on yeah, it also depends on who's knowing and. Who, who knows who and and um, who's got boats and and that sort of stuff. Some people yeah, get boats too. I know, I know a team who who um, who chartered Dave for that comp. You know, mm. and they're they're very serious about doing well in it. Yeah, that's, yeah, they are. Uh, do they do well though? Vaults? They secret cod flies. They they did a lot better when they got Dave on board. Yeah, <laughs> is that right? Oh fuck yeah. You know, and they'll they'll say that, and it's no shot at them, you know. But the from from a from an outsider's point of view, like Inchenbrook is a complex fishery, you know. And and Dave Dave spoke about that a few times. Dave Bradley, when we've had him on, and you know, I'm sure Dave Little here would 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 sort of concur with that. What do you reckon, Dave? Yeah, look, just because it's a world class fishery doesn't mean it's easy. Yeah. Um. And it's it's a it's a massive system. It's one of the biggest estuaries in the estuary systems in in probably in the southern hemisphere. Yeah, uh, right. Yeah, yeah, certainly in Australia. And um, you know the, the best way to learn how to fish such a big system is to break it down into tiny little chunks. Right. Mm. Um, Bite size of perinka. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I wonder if the word's going to stick tomorrow. No, look, it's, uh, it makes sense, mate. Like it's, uh, it'll be a difficult tournament. I, I see people travel there. They, you know, they don't, they don't do as well as hope. But you know, like they're, um, it doesn't look like the type of place that's, that's easy. That's for sure. Which is a great place for a comp. That's well and truly for sure. Well, I think it'll be. Um, and, excuse and people, me. People, sorry, people can uh, not complain, but people comment a lot about um, how hard it is. And it's, well, it's called a challenge. Mm. Yeah, get a dictionary, you idiots. You know, <laughs> I mean, come on, and rock up to uh, something that's called a challenge and expect it to be easy. You know, um, I mean, look at the Weepix challenge. Have you ever tried that? That's not that's not easy at all. <laughs> I drown. <laughs> Cinnamon challenge. That's another hard one as well. <laughs> it is. Hundred <laughs> shots in hundred minutes. That's a hard challenge as well. I wouldn't expect the Hinchinbrook challenge to be any easier. No, it's tough. It's a, it's, a, look, it's a good weekend. Um, a lot of us as well, a lot of, I, I know that I try and take the whole week off. Mm-hmm. Doesn't necessarily mean that I fish the, the, the um, Hinchinbrook for the week, but um, had a good mate come up from Port Macquarie, um, fish with me for a couple of years. And we'd spend the week chasing sooties and jungle perch leading up to it and just having a blast driving through the countryside and, you know, fishing with sooties, fishing for sooties and, and, and JPs on glass and fiberglass rods uh, and um, bamboo rods and that sort of stuff. Yeah, heck yeah. Just having a good time, getting connected, yeah. you know? Yeah. 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 Yeah, man. Well, that sounds pretty awesome, Dave. Mate, um, mate I feel like we've covered you know, a, a lot to do with Walter White here, you know, and, um, but I wanted to, um, 
uh, offer you the opportunity to cover anything that we hadn't spoken about? Was there something that we we missed when we what, about about um, about yourself and what you do and what sort of stuff that you might want to bring up or plug anything or, or anything like that? Not really. I mean, well, I mean, you brought it up briefly, but you know, I do have a bunch of flies here sitting here ready to go for the co-op. Um, yep. You know, they're 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 ready to go, um, and. What do you got Specifically, what's ready to go? What's hot? Uh, a bunch of my little flat shrimp, as featured in Fly Life by Chris Beach. There you go. That's yeah. uh, yep. Sorry, Dave, didn't mean to cut you off, mate. No, it's all good, but a bunch of size twos and and, and um, some one O's. Mate, I think uh, the uh, I think the cops like yeah, still a new concept for a lot of people as far as a destination to go and have a look. You know, um, and it is, and I've been hearing, I've been hearing some some murmurs. A few people I've I've been talking to lately have seen it and sort of sent me a message and said, "Oh, I was just going through this, and, uh, yeah, and I'm going through beast brushes and having a look at a few things, and I clicked this button, I clicked this link, and and your name was there." <laughs> <laughs> no, well, that's that's a go. I mean, most people, um, you know, like I mean, the the thing is, the thing is only a couple of weeks old. You know, really, three weeks old, maybe or something like that. Yeah. Uh, yeah so i mean like it's uh most people um you know aren't gonna go oh my god the timing of this is incredible i just needed like 100 flies you know so i mean or, or two or three or whatever you know but uh yeah it's there mate it's there for people to use and it's uh as long as it's not going away i think people will use it as a resource and i'm sure your yeah. flies will um will, will move pretty quickly like as as and it well, becomes, as the older it gets you know Look, in terms of that, we'll see how it goes. I mean, I've got my flat shrimp on there at the moment, and if there's a call for it, then always can be some other stuff. Yeah. Uh, you know, but I, I look, I don't I don't think there's much else to there's much else to say. I mean, it's been really good chatting with you two this, uh, uh, tonight, so. Yeah, yeah, I agree. It is good chatting with me, mate. You're right. Um, no, I get this. <laughs> <laughs> I just look for things to say. They might not be smart or clever. But I still say them, and and that's why we love you, Chris. Thanks, mate. It's uh, someone's got to bring it. It's not. Yeah. It's not going to be good for someone for, with uh, you know, like a, a private education to speak like me. You know, so I I take that burden away from vaults, and um, <laughs> I do it. <laughs> yeah, I would think self to bring the level up, but you know. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I mean, we can all look at it and. The eye of the beholder, what suits us, you know? But, uh, yeah. But, yeah, look, uh, mate, what we might do is we might wrap this puppy up, Dave, I reckon, and um, and say thank you for coming on. No, look, seriously, thanks for having us, Sane. Um, it's, it's, it's been a real pleasure. Mate, yeah, no, it really has. I, I agree. We, we've covered a lot, mate. We've been going, we've been talking for two hours. Can you believe you? that? Yeah. Well, and I believe that we've said Onka Paringa 18 times. 18 times. <laughs> <laughs> it could be a new record for Onka Paringa on this show. 20. <laughs> 20 meow. Yeah. <laughs> I might even just call the episode. Episode 90-something, Onka Paringa. <laughs> <laughs> coming on dave this is going shit now <laughs> no it's not no, as it's we not. sign off dave i just want you to go onka parinka onka rinka all right okay. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> he can't do it. <laughs> <laughs> we could say so of like a uh, stay on Paringa, Australia. <laughs> 22. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, if you're a jet ski, Onka Paringa to you too, or something like that. <laughs> you know, I reckon we should uh, we should go back and re-record the intro and, and make it a drinking game. Every time one of us says Onka Paringa, you have to have a, <laughs> <laughs> have to crack a shot, eh? Yeah. yeah. What would be great is if someone does it does their own intro, yeah, you know, for it and records it for us and brings up Onka Paringa in the in the subject matter. <laughs> I know somebody. Yeah, <laughs> it'll be BJ, won't it? Oh, I don't know. Like he, that was unscripted. He, he was. I, I, don't, I know you can't force that sort of artistic brilliance. Um, yeah, but I know. I know a bloke. His name starts with Dan. Yeah, is it, is it, is it Dan the Scat Man? <laughs> I think. I think. Dan, yeah. Robert D. Costello is pretty keen, I think. So. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Robert Dan Costello, right? Oh, yeah. Robert Dan Costello, the different Dan. Yeah, well, Scott Dan, Taz Dan. Well, they're both newlyweds. Taz, That's crazy. Tazdanian. Yeah, uh-huh. Taz, Tazdanian and Victorian Dan. Wuhan yeah. Dan. Yeah. <laughs> Premier Dan. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. well. Yeah. All right. But, Dave. Please do some. Cool. Mm. Eh? Yeah. Yeah. All right, mate. Thanks very much for coming on, eh? No, look, seriously, thanks for having me. Like, it was it was awesome having a having a chat and sure just was. shooting just shooting the shit for a couple of hours. No, yeah, it was, it's fun, isn't it? Yeah, I, I totally agree. Well, yeah. Dave, you're a bloody champion, mate. Thanks for coming on, man. Really, really appreciate it. No worries, man. Thanks, heaps, boys. Thanks, Dave. See you, mate. Okay, catch you.